My name is John Cullen, and I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and curling. It's the story of Broomgate, how a single broom, yes, a broom, turned friends into foes and almost killed the 500-year-old sport of curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now. Every so often, it's worth looking back at the stories of 2020 that haven't gotten much attention. The things we've missed because of the, you know, raging global pandemic, furious protests against police brutality and racism, the never-ending saga of Donald Trump somehow being president of the United States, and the general 2020 crap like murder hornets and plane crashes and catastrophic global warming. Hey, it's been a busy year. And so naturally, some things just slip through the cracks a bit. Little things, you know, like aliens, stuff like that. Wait, aliens, right, I remember that, aliens. My gosh. The Pentagon declassifying three videos of what they're calling unexplained aerial phenomena. Look at that thing. It's rotating. Two videos showing objects spotted by Navy fighter pilots during training flights in 2015. And this one from 2004 showing an object about 40 feet long, hovering about 50 feet above the water. Weird, right? Yeah, no biggie. But uh, we learned a few months ago that the Pentagon has video footage and files on unidentified flying objects that, if you watch the footage, clearly confuse and possibly scare the crap out of experienced Air Force pilots in fighter jets. So, yeah, okay, and now, oh, we're going to get more info on aliens and and programs looking into them and okay you know what cool you see it's just another friday in the year 2020 where i don't know if you told me that this was all a simulation and you had hard evidence of that i just i'd ask you if you could wait till after we found a vaccine I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings, and this is another big story getting lost in the middle of this insane year. Marie Danielle Smith is a reporter with McLean's, based in Ottawa. Hi, Marie Danielle. Hey, Jordan. How's it going? It's going okay. It's been quite a year. And um, just to add to this year, now you're talking about aliens? Really? (laughs) I mean... So this obviously has nothing to do with the slow unraveling of my mind during the pandemic. No, not at all. But I've been thinking about it because, you know, it's been such a crazy year. We've had a global pandemic. We've had an economic crisis. There's also been all kinds of weird earthly events. Like we've got the wildfires in Australia, locust swarms in East Africa. Um, We had an asteroid miss us very closely in June without anyone noticing. So it kind of strikes me as a good idea to entertain the thought, the idea, the concept that maybe 2020 is the year we find out about aliens. And you didn't even mention the murder hornets. That too. <laughs> well, why don't you um, start before we go off into the realm of, of what scientists and other experts think about uh, how these aliens might show up. Start maybe by telling us uh, a little bit what we've learned recently about the potential uh, presence of UFOs or existence of aliens. Because like, there's been a couple of 
high-profile incidents this year, right? There has. And actually, I'll tell you as well that part of the thing that sparked this idea was a conversation with the staffer in the prime minister's office here in Canada. He said that they're trying to plan ahead for every eventuality in the year 2020, except for aliens, which I found quite charming. But in the U.S., we actually have seen some evidence or at least the suggestion that there might be evidence of unidentified aerial phenomena. So in April, uh, the Pentagon in the U.S. officially put out three videos of UFOs. They had already been leaked a couple years ago, but this was an official confirmation that they're real and that the U.S. government doesn't seem to know what we're seeing in the videos. There's kind of a an object in the sky that's rotating at a weird angle, that's traveling at a speed that doesn't really make sense. Um, so they've put out these videos, And then late in July, we get another bombshell report from the New York Times. And the headline of that report is about how the Pentagon um, will be mandating to report some of its other findings to the public. So something else out of what's called the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force. But in my opinion, that story actually buried the lead because um, they're quoting officials, former government officials and scientists later on in the story Um, that say that objects of undetermined origin have already crashed on the Earth. What? And that they've picked up samples. (laughs) So take it with a grain of salt, because um, they're quoting people who who can't provide proof, right? The the concept being that um, if they could, it's highly classified material. They probably don't have access to it themselves. They're just saying, hey, I've seen it. So they quote uh, an astrophysicist who worked as a subcontractor and a consultant for the UFO program at the Pentagon. And he says that as recently as March of this year, he's given classified briefings to defense officials about retrievals from, and I quote, off-world vehicles not made on this Earth. Okay, now the the Space Force doesn't sound so ridiculous. Not really. I mean, everything that sounded totally crazy and wild in January 2020, now it's kind of like I'm ready to, I'm ready to accept it. I'm ready to take it in. So what is the most popular theory uh, among the experts and the non-experts, of which there are hundreds of thousands out there, uh, about why, if there is life out there, that we haven't found it or seen it yet, at least uh, not publicly? Right. Um, so why don't, I, why don't I tell you about the Fermi paradox, which is what yeah. they're all trying to solve. Um, so that's named after an Italian-American physicist, and um, he theorized this around 1950. So basically, it goes like this. We know that there are billions of stars in the Milky Way that are similar to our own sun. And it's probable that at least some of them have Earth-like planets. But a lot of them are much older than our sun. So if Earth is typical, then intelligent life over there could have developed a really long time ago. But if stars are billions of years older than the Earth, and we predict that, you know, even the longest form of interstellar travel that we can imagine right now might take millions of years. But if they're billions of years old, we should have probably seen somebody by now, right? Like we should have been visited by some kind of intelligent life, or at least, you know, their probes or signals. So there's a bunch of theories why that, you know, could make sense that we haven't. Um, It could be that alien life is really rare. Uh, It could be that we magically are the first intelligent species out there, which I find kind of implausible, but you never know. It could be that um, life has developed too far apart in the universe. It could be that life is locked in an ocean and can't, can't get out of the water and can't actually physically travel or that the nature of intelligent life is just to destroy itself so that if anybody gets close to interstellar travel, something happens domestically on their home planet or whatever that, that causes them all to, to blow up or die out. That sounds um, like so the most appropriate one for 2020. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Um, and then there's an even scarier one, which is that maybe everyone 
else is just hiding from some alien super predator that's out there to swallow planets. Um, and Stephen Hawking actually thinks so. Uh, he said at some point that he thinks our silence is what's protecting us. So he's worried about us sending signals out there. And the quote that the quote that he said is, um, if aliens visit us, the outcome would be much as when Columbus landed in America. And that didn't turn out very well um, for the Native huh. Americans. Right. So so that's his theory. So let's assume, I guess, because this is 2020, um, that this is going to happen this year uh, in some form or another. What you kind of did was try to put together uh, a handful of scenarios uh, ranging from, uh, I guess, implausibly plausible to to outright nutty of how exactly that would happen and, and what it would look like. Um, so why don't we just start with like, what's the most obvious way that, that aliens appear? We just pick up a signal and we realize, hey, there's life out there. Um, yeah, so that could be one way. So scientists have actually already done a lot to study signals from space. A lot of them uh, we don't understand, but we are picking stuff up. Uh, and there was actually a study earlier this year in the year 2020 based on findings from a radio telescope in BC that found fast radio bursts were coming from a, a different galaxy, so not the Milky Way. But they were coming in on a really weird pattern. It, they would burst in for four days and then they would stop for 12 days and this would repeat. So we don't actually know yet what that hmm. means, but this paper was published. So, so there is work being done to try and identify those signals. On the other hand, um, aliens could get ours. So we've been uh, broadcasting radio signals for about 80 years. Um, there's a paper that came out in 2016. Some researchers at Cornell University were kind of theorizing, what does that mean? Like, how soon might we have someone discover us? And they suggest that if we've been broadcasting for 80 years, then like about less than 1% of the galaxy would have been reached by now. But if you wait uh, up to 1,500 years, then we may very well be reached. Somebody might just pick up our signal and say, hey, there's this other planet. Uh, maybe let's go check it out. Do we want that to happen? I know Stephen Hawking did not. But um, <laughs> like if you're sitting here talking to me and you're picturing, okay, after all the other crap that's happened, uh, September 1st, aliens show up. What, what do you want them to do? I mean, I guess the the hope is that if they are intelligent and benevolent, maybe they can give us some technology and medicine, right? I mean, maybe maybe some like lovely Jean-Luc Picard type alien shows up. I know he's a human, but just for the purposes of my theory, <laughs> some alien shows up and, and sees a planet in need and sees that, you know, there's a rising death toll from a virus and notices that we're kind of struggling in lots of different ways and decides to impart on us some beautiful knowledge. Uh, so that, I think that's the best case scenario. It seems That's a very un-2020 thing to happen. <laughs> it seems like not in keeping with the year that we're having. Um, another thing could be that maybe the aliens uh, find us this year and decide, actually, no, these guys don't seem worth it. And they just don't bother letting us know that they're here. They just kind of move on in their merry way, either because we're not intelligent by their definition of intelligence uh, or because they think we're kind of a loose cannon and, you know, maybe just best not to disturb them. My name is John Cullen, and I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and curling. It's the story of Broomgate, how a single broom, yes, a broom, turned friends into foes and almost killed the 500-year-old sport of curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now. 
What happens, and I know this is something um, that some governments at least, though uh, apparently not ours, are planning for, uh, if the aliens make themselves known publicly and kind of eschew the communication with governments or sending signals, um, I'm thinking about the content that I consume every day on social media and, and the posts that I see. Would we even believe them? So this is my thought. If if aliens say they, they are here already, say they're on the planet Earth, or they figure out how to communicate with us through the internet, um, do you think that anybody will see that and take it at face value? Like, we have so many conspiracy theories running rampant this year, and I just can't imagine that somebody coming forward and saying, hey, I'm from, you know, this other galaxy, just saying hi, uh, even if they, you know, could provide some video footage that seems interesting or, um, you know, that shows some kind of strange physiology. I mean, wouldn't we just think that might be a deep fake? Like, I don't yeah. know that I trust the public to recognize something like that. And actually, and I don't know that I trust myself to see something like that and think it's real, to be honest with you. So I'm not sure that they would get much traction with, with humans. What if government documents are revealed um, that say, yes, actually. So let's just, just carry on with the revelations uh, from, you know, the NSA and the FBI and, and wherever. And it goes one step further and they say, actually, you know, when, when we mentioned uh, that an aircraft had crashed, yes, it's true. And, uh, you know, here's some pictures of it and it's underground laboratory. Yeah, I mean, I actually think this is the most likely scenario in 2020 um, for us to find out something about extraterrestrial life is that some materials get declassified that suggest that it's real, some, some kind of proof that seems um, to be backed up by the U.S. government. And the thing that I find kind of fun about <laughs> that theory is that, A, we already have a bit of evidence, like you say, um, from the Pentagon to suggest that, yeah, maybe they're planning to do this. Maybe they're planning to release something or let us in on some secret. B, it's an election year, right? I mean, right. think about think about President Donald Trump, um, who's doing very poorly in the polls as not that the polls are the whole story, but he's doing very poorly in the polls and um, has had a variety of bad news cycles and his country is suffering so much right now. And I could just imagine like right before people go to the polls, him wanting some huge distraction um, to come out. So if I were him and I was sitting on a pile of, you know, information about aliens like this, you know, why not just <laughs> throw spaghetti at the wall, see what sticks. Aren't you then asking people to make the decision if Donald Trump is the person they trust to handle uh, communication with aliens? <laughs> so then we go back to the to the same, I guess, idea of whether or not people will believe him. I mean, yeah, if Donald Trump says there's aliens, like, are they are people going to take that seriously? Um, but yeah, I mean, is Donald Trump the right person to be leading the charge? And if we do come upon some information or some signal that that we think we could actually use to try to contact intelligent life out there. Do you want Donald Trump to be the guy? Do you, like, do you want Xi Jinping to be the guy? Mm -hmm. Do you want Vladimir Putin to be the guy? You know, so it's, I, I just could imagine this like crazy international gridlock and then one of those leaders going rogue and doing it anyway. Well, in the movies, um, you know, because 2020 is basically a disaster movie, um, you end up with a nice hand-holding alliance, usually under uh, the leadership of a U.S. president, that all kind of agrees to present a unified front. And I can't see that happening at all in our current geopolitical situation. 
It's so hard to picture it. I mean, I guess the optimistic scenario is that the only thing that could bring us together as as humanity would be an extraterrestrial threat. Like if anything could ever unite those governments, that would be it. But I, yeah, it's hard to imagine that they could come to an agreement on how to do it. What are the chances that um, we have seen something that is evidence of intelligent life elsewhere, but we simply like don't understand it and can't comprehend it? Your guess is as good as mine. Um, something that comes up often in um, in relation to the Fermi paradox is that alien life might be so different and so strange to us that we can't pick it up. Like they could be all around us and we wouldn't know because of how their physiology is or how they communicate. It could just be on a frequency that we can't access as a people, right? Another thing about, um, you know, not knowing whether or not aliens are here is that maybe they just don't want us to know they're here. Right. And and so a lot of a lot of my theories about them finally making themselves known to us in 2020 are based on this zoo hypothesis, um, which is uh, coined by John Ball in 1974. He's a radio astronomer at MIT. The thought is that the aliens might just avoid us because we're too primitive. So they're letting us develop and see if we turn out to be. Um, an intelligent civilization like theirs or not. Um, so They're I following mean, the prime directive. Well, this is it, right? So they could be following the prime directive, and and that's why you need some Star Trek-like captain to go rogue in, in order for them to, to um, decide to make themselves known to us. Because obviously we're not at a level where we, we don't have interstellar travel. We can't, we can't really fall under the criteria, at least from a Star Trek point of view, of what the prime directive should be. The last scenario I wanted to pick your brain about uh, kind of relates to that, and it's one that's always fascinated me, which is that um, kind of like the zoo hypothesis, that we are actually the creation of some intelligent uh, AI or computer program or simulation. Like we're the we're the Sim City of some uh, godlike extraterrestrial being. And has anybody like now I know we're, we're getting ridiculous. It's near the end of the <laughs> podcast. But uh, has anybody ever explored that with any credibility? Actually, yes. Um, there are a couple of ideas out there that have been cited as a pretty decent like framework for understanding how that could possibly be the case. Um, other than the movie, The Matrix, <laughs> which is also an right. interesting study. Um, so in 2001, uh, there's a science fiction author. So he's a science fiction author. Let's let's put that on the table. Um, but his name is Stephen Baxter, and he proposed um, as part of a solution to the Fermi paradox, the planetarium theory. So that basically says if we haven't heard from aliens, it's because our universe was designed deliberately to appear empty of life. Um, that kind of makes sense. Uh, so if you'll continue down the rabbit hole with me, um, in 2003, there's a philosopher uh, named Nick Bostrom who probably went the farthest um, in fleshing out an argument that actually kind of makes some logical sense as to how it's possible that we could be living in a simulation. And I won't go into the to gory details here, um, but it's basically a premise based on the idea that a post-human civilization, like of artificial intelligence, whatever our ultimate ancestors might become, would in theory have the computing power to make such a thing happen. And so it's been endorsed by people like Elon Musk um, to take that take with that with a grain of salt, but um, it's certainly a popular one. And, you know, it's, 
I am ready to entertain it. It's 2020. Anything can happen. Maybe our artificial intelligence overlords think that we've kind of gotten too wacky in this timeline and they're going to start over. Well, it could be like, I don't know if you ever played SimCity when you were younger, but you know when you just get bored of making a city and you start clicking all the disasters at once to see... <laughs> what happens when how are they going to react how are the little humans going to handle this yeah not well it turns out <laughs> not well at all marie danielle thank you so much for taking a few minutes to uh take our mind away from the actual disasters and talk about uh another thing we could screw up this year <laughs> my pleasure marie danielle smith of mclean's in ottawa unless none of those things are true and this is a simulation And if so, I'm glad you're spending your simulated time listening to this podcast. Make sure to write to me even if I'm not a real person. You can reach me at thebigstorypodcast at rci.rogers.com. You can talk to us and probably make fun of us on Twitter at thebigstoryfpn. And of course, you can always find this podcast in all of your favorite podcast platforms. That's Apple and Google and Stitcher and Spotify. It doesn't matter. We're there. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Don't base it on just this one episode, please. Please. Claire Brassard is the lead producer of The Big Story. Ryan Clark and Stephanie Phillips are our associate producers. Annalisa Nielsen is our digital editor. She's off on a well-deserved vacation. She didn't have to hear me make this episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk on Monday. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now.